uh, we'll just keep your Bibles open to 2 Timothy chapter 1. The sermon tonight is going to be just a little bit nostalgic, and I, I want to talk about three things that I hope I never forget, three things that I never want to forget. And I'm, I'm holding here a Bible from 1986. My dad gave it to me when I was eight years old, and I, I remember as an eight-year-old just uh, walking all around the church over in the, the Jack House Memorial and trying to get as many signatures as I could. I think I've got like a hundred and I didn't count them all, but over a hundred and some signatures in the Bible. But every once in a while, I like to pull this Bible out and just look at it and all of the, who, who, these were my, you know, heroes, my teachers, my coaches, my mentors, my pastors, principals, leaders, and people that I looked up to. And just a few, I'll just keep read several names here. Jerry Smith, Daryl Moore, Stan Harris, Eddie Lupina, Bill McSpadden, Jim Jorgensen, Brother Johnny Colston, Mrs. Colston, Mrs. Wasson, uh, Miss Sandy Conley, Mike Sisson, Brother Hiles, Mrs. Hiles, Doris Smith, Mrs. Boardway, Bob Pearson, Mrs. Huber, Joe Hackett, Mrs. Hackett, Ray Boardway, uh, Mrs. Godfrey, John Penley, John Olson, Pollard Mercer, Robert Auclair, and uh, many, Jan Anderson, Phil Sally, Jack Patterson, Jojo Moffat, Wendell Evans, Tom McKinney, Mark Rasmussen, Susie Rasmussen, Dan Daniel, Lynn Lively, uh, Jim Lyons, Gary Coleman, Erlene Stevens, Johnny Pope, Tom Vogel, Lindsey Terry, my dad, my aunt, uh, Dr. W.A. Criswell, my mom, Toby Weaver, uh, Patch the Pirate, Lee Robertson, uh, J.R. Faulkner, Mrs. Faulkner, Tommy Ashcraft, Dr. and Mrs. Tom Williams, Roy Moffat, Harold Seitler, Larry Staub, Mike Sullivan, Mrs. Tony, Bob Hooker, Ed Reese, Coach Weber, Marlene Evans, Irma McKinney, Ed Wolber, Elmer Delancey, uh, Miss Belinda Castile, Dennis Wasson, one of my Sunday school teachers, Curtis Hudson, Dr. Joe Boyd, C.W. Fisk, Melvin Meister, Linda Meister, Bob Zemeski, David Carter, and just ma many others that looking back, just a, kind of a walk down memory lane, just looking through this little Bible, and I, I appreciate all of the influence. These are my heroes, and I never want to forget the, uh, the faith of my fathers and the, the influence that these people had in my life. Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and speaking of faith here, um, why don't we just all stand for a second? I want us to look at uh, the first five verses here. It talks a little bit about faith. 2 Timothy chapter 1, and verses 1 through 5, I'll, I'll just read them in the, uh, right now. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, without ceasing. I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. You see the word forefathers there, and when I'm reading these verses, I think a little bit about Memorial Day. Just recently, we remembered a lot of, of loved ones and speaking of the faith of our, our fathers, and that these verses talk about putting into remembrance. They talk about forefathers. Verse 4, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. And let's read verse 5 out loud together. Ready? 
when I called to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that also. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being good to us. Thank you for our church, and I thank you for the successful surgery that Mrs. Moffat had, and I do pray that you'd continue to touch her body. Be with our pastor tonight and all of our tour groups and the other tour leaders. I pray that you'd just give them safety, put a hedge of protection about them. And I do pray that you'd give us your spirit today and this evening as we open up your word. I pray you give us your Holy Spirit in all that we do. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. You may be seated. When I was uh, probably about four or five years old, we used to have a medicine cabinet in our house and uh, just a little over in Cherville where we lived, and my parents used to keep different things up, and one of them was cologne, and my dad told me as a little kid it was called Smell Like a Man, so I wanted to get some Smell Like a Man, and I, but because I was so small, I, I jumped up on the vanity to get it out of the medicine cabinet, but first I had opened up the cabinet, and it had a, a sharp edge on the side, and so as I jumped up, I, I got a big uh, gouge in my head, and my parents ended up having to take me to the hospital, and I had to get stitches, and that was the first time in my life that I ever, you know, had to go to the hospital, ever had to get stitches, and I was pretty terrified, but I remember my dad, you know, taking a, the Bible, and he opened up to Psalm 56, and he read verse 3, uh, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee, and as a little kid, that just brought a, a great peace to me, just tremendous peace, and I'll, I'll never forget that, that as a child, all, all in my grade school years, that became my life's verse in grade school. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And I, that little story, I think of uh, how grateful I am for my father. And I think, don't forget the, the faith, the heritage that's passed on to you. And many, uh, we take, take for granted sometimes so much uh, opportunities in this church because of the faith of our fathers. Several times as a child, I would get to go out to eat for, for our birthdays. My birthday was January 25th, and Dr. Evans' birthday was January 26th, and my dad had kind of arranged it for us to go out for breakfast, and I'd bring this little card with questions, and he would write down the answers to the questions, and it was something that I uh, always looked forward to, and it's something that, that looking back now, I, I never want to forget the, the faith of our fathers. I think of a, a missions trip that, as a teenager, Brother Eddie was my youth pastor, and he took us down to Mexico City. We also got to go, uh, before that, we had gone to Monterey, Mexico to, to see uh, where Brother Tommy Ashcraft is. And I'll never forget being down there and seeing Brother Tommy Ashcraft and the, the work he was doing there. His son, Jonathan, was just a, a boy at that time. I remember Brother Eddie preaching that night, and Jonathan made an assurance of his salvation that night. But I remember we had some time to just walk around, go pray in the mountains. And I got by myself that night, and I, I was probably about 14 years old, and I was reading in this same passage you have open, if I uh, look down at verse 12, where it says, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded, that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And as a teenager, the Lord spoke to my heart, and I thought, you know, if God could use Brother Tommy Ashcraft thousands of miles away, just like he was using my pastor back home, that maybe God could use me someday, and I decided to surrender my life to full-time Christian service with whatever God wanted me to do. And that, that whole passage there spoke to my heart. And looking back, I'm grateful 
for the influence of my youth pastor, Brother Eddie. I think of my principal, Brother Don Boyd, and how he taught us uh, a lot about prayer. I'm grateful. I never want to forget the faith of our fathers. I never felt uh, remorse or shame or regret for growing up in an independent fundamental Baptist church. I felt the love of my Heavenly Father. I experienced tremendous blessings, even through difficult times, and I have great respect uh, and honor for the spiritual leaders. So grateful for the faith of my fathers. I, I remember years, there was a fire one time out at Hiles Anderson College, and I was a kid, and I, I, I heard some of the people who were on staff talk about how Brother Hiles came out in chapel that day and saying, everything's all right in my father's house. And all the buildings we enjoy here, the, the facilities, the buildings at the school, the, the properties at the college, I think of the, the wedding rings that people gave up so that we could have the, the, the privilege to sit here. I think even this building here, I was encouraged when hearing James Anderson talk Sunday night about how he was sitting up there, and the Lord spoke to his heart uh, from the west side of Chicago. And just so many times, uh, even in 2012, the youth conference, there was a missionary called to, uh, to help. He works with Brother Todd Pointer now. And just so many blessings uh, because of the, the faith of our fathers, people who've gone before us, uh, even the work that went into this building we're sitting in, beautiful properties we enjoy, Sunday school classes. I never want to forget the faith of our fathers. I, I remember also as a little boy, probably about the time that I had this, this Bible, over in the Jack Hawes Memorial, Brother Owls used to teach us to sing these songs, you know, uh, Romans 8, 28, and we know all things work together for good to them who love the Lord, and, you know, we would sing, and we know, we don't think, but we know, and we know all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. He would lead everyone in that song, and, you know, as a little kid, I didn't know that there was a, a battle going on, but I did feel the love of my Heavenly Father, and I definitely was grateful for the faith of our fathers. A little poem that Brother Howes used to always quote, an old man traveling a lone highway came at the evening cold and gray to a chasm deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim. The sullen stream held no fear for him, but he turned when he reached the other side and built a bridge to span the tide. Old man, cried a fellow pilgrim near, you're wasting your strength with building here. Your journey will end with the ending of day, and you never again will pass this way. You've crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why build you a bridge at eventide? And the builder raised his old gray head. Good friend, on this path I have come, he said. There followeth after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm, which has been as naught to me, to that fair-haired boy may a pitfall be. He too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I'm building this bridge for him. When I think of that poem, I think of Proverbs 22, 28, remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. And I'm grateful for the, the work, the buildings we get to enjoy. People, you know, Memorial Day is a good reminder of the freedoms we enjoy because of soldiers, but the spiritual victories we get to enjoy because of, of our, uh, the faith of our fathers. Number two, never forget the family of God. And we've, as our kids have grown up, we've tried to make church a priority, tried to make, you know, being here at church, a priority, and sometimes we'll see people, you know, start missing a couple services or miss a service here and then, and then before you know it, they're completely out of church, and it burdens my heart, but I've uh, tried to make church a priority. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
And I, when I just look around the church tonight, so many faithful people, I'm so grateful. Uh, I see Bill Hassey out there, 92 years old, and you know, so faithful through, through so many different pastors here at the church. Uh, my, one of my Sunday school teachers back there, Brother Hazlett, Tom Vogel, that was the, my first principal when I got sent to the principal's office, was in junior high. <laughs> uh, I think of Mark and Terry Piper, just steady, and how many bosses they've been through uh, working at the college, different people. I think Melvin Meister was their first boss. But just the faithfulness of people like that who, who do the, what they do as unto the Lord. And I, I just want to share a little story. If you could put that picture up there. This was a picture taken earlier today. This is John and Jay Allen. They were working at the college today. And they, they usually help out in the dining hall. And sometimes during the summer, they'll help get the, the, the grounds and help Brother Piper out there at the college. But when, before the dining hall was built, I remember, I'm just a few years older than them, and I remember when they used to have the dining hall where Liberty Square is now, and I remember these guys when they were probably two or three years old, and they were like the terror of the dining hall. Uh, my dad said that the, the servers used to, after they left, would, would pay, try to pay somebody else to clean that table after they left. <laughs> but um, the, uh, the Allens are... John and Jay are just a terrific blessing. The Lord has used them. And just, I thought, when I saw them today, I thought, what a picture of the, the family of God. God has a place for everybody in the family of God. And now they're, they're faithful. They're helping out in the dining hall. They help out at the grounds. And a, a, probably a few months ago, I was talking to their dad, Lewis Allen. He was telling me a little bit about his story. Before he was saved, when he was a kid down in Texas, they used to listen to, to Lester Roloff preach, his mom and dad, they'd listen to him on the radio. He said his dad had a drinking problem, and his mom had a cussing problem, and Brother Louis Allen said that his parents made an agreement one day that if, if dad would give up drinking, that mom would give up cussing, and then they would start going to church. So he said his dad kept his end of the bargain, but his mom never kept her end of the bargain. <laughs> but... Uh, he, Brother Louis Allen also mentioned that uh, that day, he said, uh, when, when you see new converts coming to church, don't sit on them as a judge, fan the spark of faith. And he, said, he mentioned that, that's a quote from Dr. Joe Boyd, when you see new converts, don't sit on them as a judge, but fan the spark of faith. And I appreciate the family of God. Galatians 6, verses 9 and 10 says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not, as we have therefore opportunity let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And I love those verses. A couple, couple thoughts about that. First of all, let us not grow weary in well-doing. And I, I wrote down here, don't get weary uh, reading all the, the trash and toxic talk on social media. That, that's another way to look at that. Uh, but instead, it says here, do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And there's probably more more uh, trash and garbage and toxicity out there on social media than there is in a, in a good Baptist church. So uh, do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And I, I never want to forget the family of God. I want to love God's people. I was reminded when, when our son had his appendix out about two months ago, just the, uh, the outpouring of love from the people in this church 
and um, we, we, my wife and I were grateful. We, at first, we thought it would just be a quick surgery because I had had my appendix out when I was in college, and it was like I was only in the hospital for a day or two, and then he ended up being in for eight days and had pneumonia, and, but now he's, he's uh, pretty much fully recovered, and we're, we're grateful. But it was just a reminder of the love of God's people. And uh, again, I was talking to Dr. Streeter the other day, same thing, uh, how uh, another person who's... Uh, been just faithful to this ministry. He's helped out at the college for 50 years. And here's a man who's 79 years old and he's working from 4.30 in the morning till 8.30 at night is what he told me. And how do you do, he said, why do we do what we do? Why do I keep doing that? And he said, it's because I love people. There's an admiration for people. And I, again, never forget the family of God. First of all, don't never forget the, the faith of our fathers. Number two, never forget the family of God. And then the last thing here, number three, never forget the love of our Heavenly Father. Look with me again in 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Verse 8, uh, read the beginning of verse 8 with me. Ready? Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Stop there. In other words, uh, don't be ashamed of, of the testimony of God. It says that he's not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power, of love, of a sound mind. Verse 13 says, hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. There have been many times in my life where I have felt the love of the Heavenly Father. It, through my mom's uh, and sister's illnesses as a child, I felt the love of the Heavenly Father. Other dark days in, in my adult life, disappointments, but I always felt the love of my Heavenly Father. Many times I have felt the love of my Heavenly Father through our church people, through godly parents, but through my wife, I have felt the love of my Heavenly Father through a godly spouse. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was able to talk to a man here in Hammond just down the street, and he, it, he had uh, tattoos all over him. He said he worked at the Ford plant, and I got to, just got to chatting with him and then was able to witness to him. We went through the whole plan, and he, he prayed and trusted Christ. And he said, he said, I have chills. The fact that you came on today, he said, today is the anniversary of me leaving the gangs. And, I, and he said, the fact that you came and talked to me through all this, I feel like there was a purpose for you coming by. And then I had chills, and again, I felt the love of my Heavenly Father uh, for that opportunity. Many times, just uh, getting to come to church, you get to feel the love of your Heavenly Father. I, my, my oldest son I graduated this year, and I was going through, this was probably six months ago, he had left some pieces of paper laying around, and, and uh, there was a Right, right at the top of one, it, it, he had just written, and I don't think he expected me to see it, but he put on there, uh, my dad is my mentor. And I, I thought, man, that, that made me, uh, again, I felt love from God that I don't deserve to have a son like this. And then later on, this was a busy year for us because we had a grade school daughter, uh, Abby. She finished uh, grade school this year, and then we had a junior higher finish eighth grade, and we had a high schooler finish uh, graduate. And so uh, kind of the end of an era for each of these kids. And my wife mentioned to me a, a few, few weeks ago, she's like, I think Eric is feeling a little bit, you know, neglected right now. Maybe you should take him out. So I took him out for, uh, to eat because sometimes the, all the other kids have things going on. And so I, I was talking to Eric, 
and I said, Eric, I, you know, I enjoyed every single stage of life, and I was asking him about going into high school next year. I said, I remember when I finished grade school, um, I, I cried because uh, I loved grade school so much. I didn't think I would ever uh, enjoy anything else. And then when I finished junior high, I loved junior high so much. I cried and uh, loved junior high so much. And then went to high school, finished high school, and, and I, I probably cried when I finished high school. And then same thing with college. I loved the, the era of going to college. And then I ended up getting married, and I've been crying ever since. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> But I enjoy every season of life. And I told Eric, I said, sitting with you right here, right now, uh, this is my, one of my favorite times of life, right here, getting to be with you and being your dad and just to enjoy every season of life. And during that, every, every opportunity God gives you, uh, make sure you see the love of the Heavenly Father. When you realize the love of the Heavenly Father in everything you do, the Christian life is not just a duty. Never forget the love of our Heavenly Father. I think of that song, though I forget him and wander away, still he doth love me wherever I stray. Back to his dear loving arms would I flee when I remember that Jesus loves me. When we truly realize the love of the Heavenly Father who walks with us every day, it makes us love the life we get to live, makes us love the people and the work that we get to do. I'm getting to be right here tonight at First Baptist Church at this moment to get to go to church with each of you uh, earlier this year to, to experience the 50th anniversary of Howes Anderson College. We've got Friend Day coming up. We've got the 50th Youth Conference around the corner. All of these things. I feel the love of my Heavenly Father. First John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. You are loved, and we are loved, and we should never forget that. And uh, in closing, I just want to read through a few scriptures here. And I'm going to come back to this Bible from when I was eight years old, and the Bible full of, full of my heroes. And now, you know, I, as I was looking through that, I, I was thinking now it's our chance to give back, and it's our chance to, to step up. Uh, my son Eric, earlier this year, he was wearing pro probably my most expensive tie, and I was like, Eric, where'd you get that? And all of my boys, you know, borrow my ties, and, uh, and, but I, I saw it on him at first, I, I, was, I was surprised, and then, but then I didn't say anything, because I thought, you know, one of these days, uh, he's not going to be around to get to borrow my ties anymore, and it made me happy that he got to wear that tie. And you never know when your last chance will be to love. Some of the people in this, in this uh, book, the people who signed my Bible, you never... You didn't know when the last chance they'd walk through these doors, the, the last chance to influence. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 5, it says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So whose fault was it that this man was blind? You know, they thought maybe it was uh, an evil or an affliction. No, it was that the works of God should be made manifest. And 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And uh, God may allow the affliction or the problem, the, the situations coming into your life, he may have allowed that so that the works of God can be made manifest. 
For unto whomsoever much is given, whom much of him shall be much required. You never know when your last chance will be to serve the Lord. You never know when your last chance will be to give back to others. Life is too short to hold grudges. You never know when your last chance will be to forgive. Uh, your last chance to live holy, guard your purity. You never know your last chance to influence someone. I think of Atlee Anderson, who used to be so faithful here on Wednesday night, passing out bulletins, or Dr. Baba Claire, and so many great servants of God that had signed my Bible here. But you never know your last chance to influence, your last chance to witness to someone, your last chance to love. I was thinking of the missionary, uh, what, the West, Stephanie Wesco, and the way she tells the story is when her husband was, was killed, he actually kind of fell into her, her lap, and, and she was literally holding her, her husband's head as he, as he bled to death, and uh, just thinking how tragic, but you never know when the last chance you have to love someone. One of these days, it'll be the last time that you and I walk through the doors of this church Psalm chapter 90 says, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long, and let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants, and thy glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us, yea, the work of our hands, establish thou it. Colossians 3, verses 15 through 17, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Be thankful for the faith of your fathers, be thankful for the family of God, be thankful for the love of your heavenly Father. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts unto the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So today may be your last chance to live for God. It may be your last chance to forgive a brother, a sister, a mom, a dad. Maybe your last chance to influence a coworker, a church member. Maybe your last chance to witness to a lost loved one. Maybe your last chance to love your parents, your siblings, your family, your pastor, a church member. You know, as I was looking at this message, I was thinking, Pastor Wilkerson uh, gets along with everyone, and I think that's probably what Jesus Christ would do, too. So let's learn to make peace with, with God, make peace with others, and make peace with our afflictions. Let's say those three words together. Make peace with God, make peace with others, and make peace with our afflictions. One more time. Make peace with God, make peace with others, and make peace with our afflictions. Don't ever forget the faith of our fathers, the family of God, and the love of our Heavenly Father.